Hey everybody, <laughs> this is the Fresh Takes Gaming Podcast, episode number two. Yes, number two, throw up the deuces. I am uh, Bubdrum, joined with my co-host, the DS Claw. Evening. Good evening, man. Um, yeah, so, got some different topics for tonight, all focusing around DLC, and kind of what that means, and... The state of that sort of format for games. So, but before that, we are now available for audio listeners on different podcast platforms. We're on Google Podcasts, we're on Radio, Pocket Casts, a whole bunch of other stuff. Anchor.fm, which is where we uh, upload our podcast at, so that's all good stuff. Um, but yeah, so pretty much if you search any podcast platform, Except for Apple Podcasts, there is apparently a very long wait list <laughs> to get approved hmm. in Apple Podcasts. Apparently, they're backlogged quite a bit. So, someday we'll get on there, I'm sure. Anyway, um, yeah. So, Mr. The DS Claw, what have you been playing when you're not having a busy life? <laughs> like, um, like me. <laughs> I've been... Um... Playing a lot of No Man's Sky and sneaking in a couple rounds here and there of uh, Call of Duty, or what is it? Not Call of Duty. Uh, Ghost Wildlands, Ghost Recon Wildlands. And uh, it's been sucking my life up. I don't know if it was the best life choice to start playing No Man's Sky. <laughs> it is an amazing game, though. If you don't have it, you should get it. <laughs> okay. Well, it looks beautiful. I've watched some uh, some streams oh. of it, man. And it's just, it's a gorgeous looking game. It is. And uh, are you playing on on Xbox? Xbox, yep. Okay. Uh, okay. And then on my phone, I've been playing a indie game that came out a number of years ago. I think, well, about three years ago. It's called uh, You Have to Build a Boat. You Have to Build a Boat. Okay. Yes. What's that about? Is it a crafting kind of simulator? or? Well, you would think so with a name like that, yeah. right? But the idea is that it's a side-scrolling platformer, but you have to do matching. Nice. So on the top of it, you got a guy that's running. He's running okay. through a dungeon. And he will encounter different obstacles, and you have to interact with those in specific ways. But down beneath, you have something like Hexic, where uh, you have to get three in a row and above in order to make it uh, move and wow. charge different weapons and stuff like that. And it's a simple game, and all of a sudden, hours fly by on that game. <laughs> but it's great for teleconferences. <laughs> oh, it's great for teleconferences. That's awesome. That is the only way to do teleconferences, man. That's fantastic. So what? that's called Build a Boat? You have to build a boat. You have to build a boat. Yeah, if it's course, on uh, No Man's Sky. And No Man's Sky. But you have to build a boat. I think it's on uh, Apple, the Apple Store, and Android, if I remember right. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Oh, that's what's up, man. Um, yeah, I've been diving into a little bit of everything: PC games, Xbox. But uh, on Xbox, Titanfall Two, I've been, I just love that game, Killing. man. I've been, I've been, I've been getting better and better. I've been getting multi kills mm-hmm. now, so. Doing some work at Titanfall too. I know that's an old title, but it's a good one, man. It's I think I know I've said it multiple times, but I got on that digital game sale for Xbox, and I got it was the deluxe edition too. Wow. Hey, thank you for the host nightmare. Appreciate it, buddy. And um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I need to move something up here. OBS is lovely, and um, six dollars, best six dollars ever spent on a video game. Now. Is it because it's an older title? Yeah, of course. But I've put so many hours in that. I've gotten so much enjoyment, not only from the campaign, but the multiplayer. Super fun. Super. Super. Uh, variations with the loadouts and stuff. A lot of different variations with that, and I really like it. So you don't get bored. Even though it's. Mm-hmm. The, the map selection isn't the, the broadest, but when you have all those different types of loadouts, how that map plays with that. Yeah, it's how different. you interact so, with it. Yeah, it's totally, totally different. So I dig it. And then you have the different Titans on top of it, so which add another layer of variation. So pretty awesome. Um Very cool. Been diving into the closed playtest of Ring of Elysium. <laughs> As I've talked about many times personally with you before. Mm-hmm. I love this game. That's all I can say. 
they've done a lot of go ahead yeah uh, you should it's a gorgeous game and that last that last uh deal that they put out it's just it looks phenomenal yeah yeah the uh they put out a new map for the playtest so the old map is no longer playable i think it might be in the final version when they do a full release but right now just for the playtest is this new map that's a snow map the snow and environments look great um they've added some new weapons they've added loadouts as well they have three loadouts which was different at first i wasn't sure if i was gonna like it so you instant spawn in you no longer jump out of a helicopter and climb down. so you pick your spawn location and you instant spawn there and you have a loadout of either a hang glider and a handgun and i think that's it you get something else maybe some bandages or something like that to start with Mm-hmm. So you have a hand glider and like a nine millimeter or a ice climbing pick and a shotgun. And there's different um, there's different icons on the map that'll let you know those are areas that you can actually use that that climbing axe and start climbing up oh, rock okay. rock sides. But you can also use it to um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not grapple. I guess it's slide. So you can use the the ice axe to slide down, like zip line. That's the word. You can like, oh, okay. use it to zip line down um, different things that are around the map, like power lines or just zip lines in general. And then you have oh, a wow. snowboard that you can toggle on the fly. I saw, to get I saw, the, I saw the, the snowboard. Snow. Snowboard's pretty cool. Snowboard's pretty cool. So you get a snowboard, and I think a forty-five handgun with that loadout. But yeah, the gameplay's still good. I think the map for sixty people is a little is a little too big. So, like, maybe if they had, like, 70, 75 players on that map, I think it would play a little bit better because there's a lot of times I've been playing, I'm just walking around to, like, the final 20, and I haven't seen anybody. So, the engagements huh. are, can be kind of few. Well, uh, the, yeah, I don't know. I've run into that with PUBG, too, it seems like. And that's yeah. where, yeah, that's I don't know, it seems like everybody's going this way, and somehow I'm going this way, and we just never meet up. Yeah, I'm just, it's, it turns into a walking sim at that point. Yep. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yep. So, um, but yeah, it's uh. So I've been playing that, and I also started a new game today. It's a free ARPG game called Mu Legend. Mu Legend. It's on it's for PC. It's on Steam. Uh, free to play. Pretty impressed with it. Um, if you like the Diablo style games, definitely check it out. I've only played it for a couple hours, but I already hit like level 13 and they have different classes different builds stuff like that so it's pretty cool if you're into that sort of stuff what was that name again it's mu legend okay mood legend okay state of moo interesting yeah and I'll, I'll might i might actually be streaming that later um this week or or maybe even later tonight if we have to wrap this up might be streaming that a little bit um, okay because i didn't initially stream it just because i wasn't sure of how i was going to like it so mm-hmm. then an hour and a half later I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I might like this game. <laughs> so, so that's that. Um, well, awesome, man. Uh, as you know, there's a hurricane coming into my area at some point this week, next couple days. So, been getting the flashlights, candles, all that fun stuff, non-perishables ready for that. Damn. So that'll be fun. Well, that that'll be, be interesting. Fun. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. You know, living on the coast, man. A coastal area, you're always gonna get hit with something. Even if it's not a direct hit, you're gonna get tropical storm status. There's gonna be flooding, trees down, all sorts of crazy stuff. So, yep. So that's what's going on with me, um, and games and, and all that fun stuff. So tonight's overarching topic is DLC, the state of DLC, and what that means, what's what trends we've noticed, expectations, all sorts of stuff. So. Knee-jerk reaction when someone says the term DLC to you. What kind of feelings does that conjure up? What kind of what game comes to mind? What feelings come to mind or get riled up in you or positivity, negativity? What? Yeah, generally it's negative. It's a negative reaction okay. uh, when I hear the term DLC. Okay. Uh, but it, I will say, coming from devs now, it seems like that they're trying to alter course. Mm-hmm. Um and change a little bit uh the biggest one is is destiny with like all of theirs that they put out right. and i'm not 
I'm gonna try not to be overly hateful. Yes, let's not. Yeah, we'll, but... we'll, try, we'll, we'll try not to. We'll, we'll try not to crap on 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 Bungie. Yeah, but the uh, the, and as such as them, there's a lot of games where they put out a lot of uh, content, like where they updated like they updated a campaign kind of mode in there. Mm-hmm. But all they really did was just change the skins on the characters. Right. And then there really wasn't a whole lot added to, and in some cases it highly nerfed what was already there. So it was like a slap and then another slap, and then I got to pay 40 bucks for it on top of that. So it's like I'm buying a whole new game, and really nothing's changed. Uh, however, uh, there there are some games that, um, like I noticed that you, were, you, you put out the Warframe thing in there. Warframe, I think, is amazing. I've never played it. I've watched tons of it, <laughs> but it, it's it's an amazing game, and it's for free, and they don't charge you to do DLC on it, like nothing yeah. like that. It's 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 an amazing experience, and they must be doing something right, and they must be getting funded somehow, or they wouldn't keep doing it. Exactly. So yeah. I, maybe that's the business model some people should really take notice of and, mm-hmm. and kind of like uh, pay a little attention to. Right. No, I and, that, and I agree with that. So, um, and we'll get to uh, some questions later in chat, probably. But uh, I agree with Nightmare. Mention of Destiny, Rage Begins Building, to a certain point for me. So, mentioning Bungie is the, is the big one right now, mainly probably because the latest expansion or DLC, whatever you want to call it, has dropped. You know, the Forsaken expansion has dropped mm-hmm. for it, and I haven't picked it up. Um, as you know, I stopped playing Destiny two quite some time ago after the second DLC. So what was it? There's Osiris, Warmind. Warmind. After Warmind, I stopped playing. But Destiny 1, it was kind of the... I bought into it. All right, I was wholeheartedly in it. If you, if I could take my camera off here right now and show you. I mean, I have Destiny gear up on that shelf back there. I have Cade figures. I have pint glasses of destiny i have two art books i have badges i have so much stuff i've, I've really bought into the whole destiny thing because mm-hmm. i love the game i love the, the first destiny I had as part of a clan the first two uh dlcs in destiny one uh was it the dark below and i can't remember the name of the second one for some reason it lose me I was a little salty at that time, but again, this is the first time this this is the first incarnation of this game, you know. So I, I led with cutting Bungie and Activision a lot of slack, you know. They were trying to, so I know there's a whole lot of mix up with the writers and stuff like that with how the game was going to go. So then the Taken King dropped, and it was kind of a redemption story, right? Like to me, they kind of redeemed it. Yes, I had you know it was paid for DLC or expansion, but it was good. They had done their to me, they'd, they'd kind of redeemed themselves. And I was like, okay, awesome. Still a little bit upset that a lot of stuff was just uh, recycled to a degree. Um, exotics, things like that. I said, okay, whatever, you know. But the gameplay was good. The story was good. How they expanded, awesome. Destiny 2 rolls around. I went whole hog on it. Bought like the hundred and whatever dollar version that has the steel book. <sighs> Don't give me the wall of shame nightmare. Come on, man. <laughs> so I bought it in Whole Hog because I was part of the clan and everybody was just like, yeah, we're going to get these additions, blah, 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 blah. And played it and beat it in like a day and a, day and a half. I mean, it was like a f- maybe five, six hour playthrough. Okay. Started grinding. Got the first expansion, Curse of Osiris, and I was just like two hours. Like, what is this? Story. Now there's a lot more stuff to grind. They introduced some other things. It wasn't there. Warmind dropped. Slightly better story-wise. Super easy boss. Didn't even, like, the first time I encountered the boss, I hadn't watched any videos or anything, beat it first try. Like, wasn't even much of a challenge. But anyway, moving on. So after that point, I was just kind of like, I'm done grinding. I'm done with paying for this recycled kind of stuff. The exotics haven't really changed. The random weapon rolls hadn't really changed. So on and so forth. So, based on that, I cut I cut ties with Destiny. Mainly because I'm seeing, like you said, Warframe. I haven't paid a dime into Warframe. I need to. I want to give them some money because I've gotten mm-hmm. so many so many hours of play out of that game, and still do. 
and every time they drop content for it, it's good. Now, with a certain expectation, which I guess that follows up with another question. So, free versus paid for. <laughs> now we give $1,000 to Warframe. It's fantastic. It is. It really is. Um, do you have certain expectations when something is free versus something that is paid for this day and age with, with game content? No, and I think that's I think that that's exactly where for Warframe is winning. If something's free, I'm not expecting people to maintain it. Like I'm not going to get upset if they say, "Yeah, we're shutting down the servers," because oh, okay, yeah, you're not making money. Like I understand that capitalism. Oh, right. it's a thing. Yeah, um, for sure. But when they're succeeding so well, and the 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 group of people, like the the people that are involved in that game, love that game. Mm, absolutely. Um, and. To see it done so effectively and so well, uh, it, it's it's just one of those. It makes, it, if anything, because of Warframe, I, I'm more critical of ones that I pay for. Right, and I think that's why I, I was had become so critical of, of Destiny, right? I shed out $120 for this. Mm -hmm. And then I see something that looks just as good graphically, if not better, and it's completely free. And they're always adding new stuff. Like, I don't know if you saw at the um, TennoCon, they announced a bunch of new stuff. Like, three new, they think they, it was three more expansions or DLCs that are going to come out. That's just completely nuts. And they're not charging a dime for it because, yeah, they have in game purchase, they have microtransactions. Of course they should. They're not charging mm -hmm. you for, they're not charging you up front for the content. Of course they need to have microtransactions. Development costs money, it's not free. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole other thing with Destiny. It was like, okay, if I paid $120 for this content, there should be no microtransactions in that game. But that's a whole separate topic for another time. Um, but yeah, the expectation is when you see something that is done really well with a free-to-the-consumer model, it's kind of hard to start paying, <laughs> start paying for things. And it goes back to just, I think it ties back into games in general. You know, there used to be a point where I would play and enjoy and buy a bunch of games that were like sixes. You know, you'd give a numeric score like sixes, sevens, whatever. There's just too many games now that are too that are like too good, even on the free level mm -hmm. versus pay for that. Developers feel feel the the stress of probably like this has to be. We have to knock it out of the park every time if we want mm -hmm. someone to spend sixty dollars or more for our product. But that that's like I understand that, and I am very sympathetic to developers. Comma, however, if you choose to have a game that you're going to market and port and say that there's going to be X amount of DLCs coming out for it, mm -hmm. that there's going to be more expansions, da 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 da, you said that, not me. I was paying for the game. I'm not the one that said anything about the DLC. You're the one that brought it up. You said that you were going to offer it and that it was going to be better and it was going to be more immersive and blah, 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 blah. Then you better be willing to shoulder that burden to provide that content. Right. I'm not the one that's making the promises. Not, I'm, I'm exchanging my money hoping that you're making good on the promise. Right. Right. So, but I think like just in, as you were talking about Warframe, if you look at the success of mobile, mobile gaming in... Um, Asia right now, it seems like they're following the mobile kind of like phone app marketing plan with Warframe. They release the content, there's in-game purchases, it's MMO kind of side to it, but because they're they're tagging so many people, especially since they're, they're they blew up in, on Xbox, they're able to pull those, those they're able to make that revenue and to make that content good so they're focusing on the, the, their niche and, and making good on it. And I think it's a wonderful kind of model to emulate. So my sympathy isn't very big for big companies that constantly mess it up. Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I, I can, I can, I can totally. I mean, that's a valid point. I totally get that. I totally get that. So we touched on that. So we're well, talking about free things. Division 2, uh, Ubisoft, said that the first year 
they're going to do three DLCs for The Division 2 for free. They've announced that publicly. Like, that was at their, their E3. To me, that's awesome. Like, that's that's fantastic. Um, obviously, yeah, the free component makes it great. I don't have to shed any more money for it. But I pay $60 for a base game, and for a year, it's current. Mm-hmm. I can keep playing that game for a full year knowing that every time something new drops for it, I'm going to be able to play it. There's not going to be a paywall that keeps me from mm-hmm. playing something. Yep. Which is fantastic. Good on good on Ubisoft for doing that and announcing that. Now, hopefully they stick to their guns on that. It would probably be really bad if they didn't, publicity-wise. Yeah, Because be they, made, they made a very public <laughs> announcement about that. So, yeah, that'd be, that'd be completely awful. So... And then, I guess, going back to uh, the term of DL, the, the DLC versus an expansion, do you think there's a difference or do you think it's all the same? I struggled with this because I tr- was trying to figure out what is DLC versus what is an, ex- an expansion because typically they're both able to be downloaded. Oh, no problem, Nightmare. No problem, nightmare. It's all good. We, you know, I'm not. This is fresh takes gaming, not salt salty takes gaming. So we, salt, we need the salty, <laughs> salty gaming pod, right? So not trying to be salty about Destiny or Bung or anything. Just you know, their Forsaken was relatively new, came out this week, last week. So topic of DLC came to mind, and of course, obviously that that game franchise came to mind with that. So we try not to uh, bring up any more hurtful. Hurtful <laughs> memories for you, Nightmare, or for ourselves. But yeah, the DLC I, versus expansion. So expansion, expansion to me, right? I, I think that there is a difference, and I guess in my mind, and this isn't like textbook. I don't know. Like I could mm-hmm. be high as a kite. I don't know. But uh, DLC um, means that it's it's like an auxiliary kind of deal. It's something that doesn't affa- affect the main storyline. It ties into it, but that is something that's like its own corridor that I can walk down should I choose to purchase it and actually be a part of it. Okay. Um, with an expansion, it takes the core storyline of whatever that game is and actually extends it out, right, beyond whatever the base play was. Okay. Um, so I think the, the most recent one that's popping into my head over that is uh, The Division. The Division has its core storyline where you can go through and do that, then you can go through and you can get the incursions. Mm-hmm. What what flushes out the rest of the story, but it's not required in order for me to actually beat the game and experience it. Okay. Whereas when I was playing the other game, it, it seemed like uh, it was a requirement for me to be able to finish out the story. And that's, um, the story was so light in the main core of the game is where I think the upset became, came in. Yeah. It, there wasn't a lot of fulfillment in that arena. And I can think of a multitude of games that actually did that. Yeah. Um, Battle Battlefront Two. EA really like needs to figure some shit out right now. Like they're in some hot water, and and I I fear for them, but I hope that it ends good for the consumer. Yeah. Because I think that kind of scenario where you if your projected sales are eighty five percent less than 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 what you were hoping at Game Drop, like for pre sales. Yeah. You're doing something wrong, and you really like need to figure it out. So hopefully they take that time to reinvent themselves and re yeah. re kind of affirm like what's going good and what's not right um because i think it can be done effectively yeah yeah well i'm hoping the uh the uh, uh hoping they turn you know change course and turn around with anthem that's what i'm hoping for that's my biggest concern i am so scared for that game yeah. i want to play it but i'm scared to play it right exactly <laughs> exactly um and apparently there i've heard some rumors i haven't have any sources on this can't quote anything but they're thinking they're I think they're gonna release a demo a playable demo at some point for it so I mean that that's good be about that. yeah be about that for sure so for me yeah like I said a struggle with DLC versus expansion I kind of agree with you there so the only game I could really think about it to kind of say yes there is a difference um, going back here is, is World of Warcraft <laughs> I know you okay. mentioned World of Warcraft last 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 episode but World of Warcraft has never referred to their next content drops as 
DLC. It's always been an expansion. Expansion, yep. So that helped me kind of, you know, draw the line between the two. So to me, an expansion not only is a larger continuation of a story, like you said, that, you know, continues the story out. And you may have multiple hours of story gameplay with that. But an expansion is also, I feel, purchasable in a media format. Like, you can go buy a disc copy of an expansion. You can go buy a disc copy of Forsaken. Okay. You can go buy the disc copy of uh, the latest, you know, WoW expansion. Yep. Whereas DLC, usually not. It's something that's just pushed, you know, to your console or you queue it up digitally in a, you know, in a web store or something like that. And it just gets gets pushed down to your, to your console of choice. So, I know that's kind of a weird line to draw to kind of make it click in my head of what the difference is. But that's what helped me. And I think with with that, going back to expansions, DLC, price, cost, all that stuff, Blizzard charges for every expansion. They always have. Mm-hmm. It always sells like gangbusters. It always does. Mm-hmm. Like it just yep. breaks breaks records all the time. Whether it's World of Warcraft, whether it's Diablo, like. I've had Diablo 3. I paid I paid for the expansions. And you know what? Mm-hmm. For the 15 or 20 dollars I paid for it, happy. Cuz mm-hmm. it was it was done super well. Same thing when I used to play World of Warcraft. I paid for an expansion. Always happy. Was never like this is garbage. I don't feel like I should have I, I got what I paid I paid for. It's never happened. So <clears throat> you know, it can be done with a paid model up front. It's just got to be mm-hmm. done very well, I think. Um, I think there's an, a level of expectation that needs to be set from the developer on what you are getting. So I think that communication mm-hmm. with their core audience and their player base has to be established first and foremost. If you're not communicating well with your uh, player base and your audience, which we refer back to Destiny... <laughs> I think you could actually, well, let's sub, let's sub a title out for that. Let's yeah. say No Man's Sky, I think would be a perfect example oh, yeah. of the, the developer making like very extravagant promises as far as what was delivered being very different. I yeah. think that that is the paradigm right now as it stands uh, for shitty marketing by a developer. Yeah, no, <laughs> they that's... Made good on it. They have made good on it. Yeah, what is it? It took, um, so initially dropped PS4 and... Mm-hmm. PS4 and PC, I think you dropped for both yep. of us at the same time. Console yep. exclusive for for PS4 initially, and yeah, the, it was just like it got met with such disdain from the players. Man, it was just like Ooh. promise to you. And then the developer, I can't remember the name of the developer, but they went radio silent, and it wasn't yep. it wasn't radio silent because they were avoiding things. It was we're radio silent because we're 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 ducking our heads down and we're gonna correct this like day and night. Mm-hmm. crank out code patches updates whatever we can to make this right and mm-hmm. someone out i think it was a post on the butt they said I think it was a tweet gotta love twitter he said xbox got a new exclusive the best version of no man's sky because xbox users <laughs> didn't have to go through that yeah right? they didn't have to, they go, have to go through that. they got everything like day one on the xbox when it dropped for mm-hmm. it and it was perfect so from everything i've read so and from feedback from you and nightmare that both play it so it's good. fantastic. So, um, but yeah, that's that is a uh, that's a very good example of communication or lack of communication from a developer. And having those mm-hmm. communication lines open of what your content's going to be is super important, especially in this day and age with social media yeah. being so prevalent in the games industry. So, yeah. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, what else did I think about here? I'm looking at my notes real quick because. Thoughts oh, coming good. to me, and if I don't jot them down right when I have them, pff, gone to the ether. Um, oh, but yeah, tying in the DLC. So, with DLC and expansions as they are, do you think games are really ever finished? Like, hmm. like a look at World of Warcraft. That game's been around, and I hate to keep mentioning it, but it's just because it has such a long yeah. track record. Um, with multiple, I mean, it's been 
gosh, I'm, it's it's over a decade now, easily. Yep. And they have a multi-million play, play you know, play, player base. So, is the game ever finished? Like, no, I get it. That's a <laughs> solid question. Uh, um. I think that really comes down to the ability of the storytelling, right? Right. If we're, it, because you'd say World of Warcraft, I think the lore and how much, like, they really do cater to the world of Warcraft, mm-hmm. like actually developing it, fleshing it out, making it beautiful and immersive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think about th- things like uh, um, Rainbow Six uh, Siege, the Siege one, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's there there's a certain cap. You can only introduce so many maps. There's only so many characters that you can introduce. Where it's just it, it would kind of get stagnant after a while. So I I think it depends on the genre of game, and I think that it really does de- depend on the ability of storytelling in it to make it fruitful. Okay. But that's just me. What what, what do you got? I, I struggle with this because. If a game is, I guess it depends on the game, right? Like I look at uh, God of War, mm-hmm. the most recent one that dropped for PS4. I haven't played it because I don't have a PS4. Want to play it? Wish I had a PS4 oh, to play it. Yeah, I want to so bad. But my understanding is they're, and you know, let me know if I'm wrong, chat, whatever. That there was not going to the the guy uh, Corey. His name's Corey. I can't remember his last name. Bar, Bar something. Corey Bar Log. Corey something. Corey, the main guy who who you know was the the head honcho behind this uh, God of War title, wasn't going to put any DLC out for it. This is what it is. This there's some side stuff and some things you can kind of do in game still that are outside of the main story. But initial release, here's what your sixty dollars got you. It's maybe a total of. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's 30 hours if you do all the side stuff in gameplay. I, I'm not sure what the actual total time is. And he says, that's it. That was this That was this story. That was this game. No need for DLC. Now, in that case, yeah, that was... It's finished. That was... Game is done. But then you have games like... Fortnite. One of the, the biggest games out there. Constantly doing seasons. Constantly doing this. Similar to Siege, like... Siege always has like new mm-hmm. operators introduced and different different variants like that. So those things like like World of Warcraft, they're never really done. But how do media like game review sites like you have IGNs, you have Games Radar, GameSpot, etc. How can you really give a game that's never finished a score and this ties into the, the next topic like I, I came across a headline earlier this week that Polygon is no longer giving game scores they are no longer giving them a, a numerical representation of what that game is whether it's on a scale of 100 whether it's on a scale of 1 to 10 whatever the case may be they're no mm-hmm. longer doing that and I can kind of see why I think you know from that perspective if games are never really done how can you accurately say this game is a 9 out of 10 and, but when the next DLC that could be free could be paid for whatever the case may be drops it completely boogers the game up right it's just it trashes it mm-hmm. whether it's bad code bad story writing whatever the case so now because that DLC drop a video game review site like Polygon this is, would either have to get inundated with a bunch of questions for their player base that's just now diving into said title with the bogus DLC and they're like how is this a 9 out of 10 this is trash and have to get tweets and whatever about that or Polygon has to go back and now edit or amend that review which is a lot of work I mean as many games as these, yeah. these, media, these uh, games media outlets are, are reviewing so I think this is a smart move um I don't necessarily know the 100% of the reasoning behind it. I've read the headline, brief skimming of the article. But they're now doing a badge for, for games where it's like a polygon recommends, right? So that's 
that's their way of saying we back this title we think our audience our um, users of our site our readers this is our seal of approval majority of folks that frequent our site and read and like our content are gonna like this game I think that's a smarter way to go but at the same note same time again DLC drops you yeah, have to same issue. that badge you still have the same issue so it's tough I don't know I mean I think there's a smarter way of going about it but do you now have to get in the habit of providing a score or a badge or whatever for a DLC drop or a particular expansion well yeah what I I, I don't know I think the only way that you can really go around that um, I think that YouTubers maybe not sit on, on a bigger kind of more formal scale as like IGN used to be and stuff like that uh, I think that the independent reviewers do it a little bit more successfully because they actually rate that individual content on its merit alone. Mm-hmm. So they've rated the game, and then once the game, the the new DLC comes out, then they go through that, and then they'll give that content its own, like whatever score it is, like a recommendation or not. And I think that that would be more cost effective instead of trying to judge everything all in one. I think if like. Let's say, I'm trying to pick a different game. Uh, let's say, having a hard time. Let's say you had a core game that you gave an eight to. Content comes out, it's actually pretty decent. So like right underneath that, it says DLC, blah, blah, blah. Fucking, it's a seven. Mm-hmm. And then next one comes out and then it's underneath that, it says an eight. Overall experience, that that score averages and it comes out to be like a six. Okay. Right. right. So I, I think that that would be a little bit more effective because you're going to run into the same problem with badges or not. Right. Because the, the original game is going to get the badge and then the, the new stuff comes in. You're like, that is garbage. Yeah. So do you take down the badge or do you leave it up? <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is why I pose this though. Just like, is it really any better than having a score at that point? Like, Especially with the ever, you know, constantly expanding game DLC and uh, and expansions for you know particular games. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't I don't envy the the position a lot of these you know game review sites are in. I I don't envy them one bit. It's a tough job. I don't, but I like reading Nightmare's question about the DLC and or expansion. I think that uh, and talking about what we're talking about right now, I I think that it really does come down to the intent of the developer. If the developer is going to make a core game that they just intend to be standalone like God of War, then go all in on it, make it happen, and then walk away. If you're going to do DLC or you're going to create an expansion, then you need to design from the beginning with that intent. Right. Don't try to shoehorn. Yeah. Don't try to just like slap some shit on at the end because it's just, it's not going to work. Design from the beginning and then go and like wherever your story pivot story arcs are going to be where you want to create that that expansion, then your storytelling and your campaign, core campaign that comes with that initial 60 to 80 fucking dollars needs to be spot on. <laughs> but like make that reference that sets up like, yeah, you know, I see you over there, bad guy. I'm not coming yet. But when I do, like I'm going to come handle some business. Right. And then like you can go back and go down that story arc and it ties everything together. And since they've started that from inception, then it's already in play as far as coding and uh, world development. So it's, it's already there. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. At least, totally at least that's that. my layman, yeah. layman version. No, no, I think, I think like I hundred percent agree with you. It's, it's intent, you know, yep. develop with the intent to, and I'm not a game developer. I don't know how easy this stuff is or how hard it is. I can't, you know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a keyboard cowboy when it comes to game development, right? <laughs> I can talk all day about it. I have no idea, but it, it's about the intent. And if whether it's funding timelines, whatever, I think a lot of developers and a lot of game studios have the intent, right? Mm-hmm. But are put in positions and I don't know this for sure, 
but are put in positions by the publisher to meet it to meet a deadline right mm-hmm. the game has yep. to ship at this point so two years or however long ago they started on it their intent was yes we're going to have this this is how this game is going to be at launch etc cetera, etc cetera. and then at launch those things aren't there and they have to come back months later and put those things in because they had a hard deadline to meet with the publisher if they want to get the game published um, so I don't think it's necessarily always on the developer. Yeah. What, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> but then again, maybe, you know, maybe don't get in bed with a publisher that is going to kind well, of do that. Part, part of it's out of their hands. Like, I, right. I, I get that. But going back to the intent, though, like if if I know that the publisher is requiring out of me a two-year deal. Right. I have to realistically and responsibly look at that and say, this is everything that I want to do. Can I do this? Like what, what absolutely has to be in there in order to make this a coherent thought all the way through what's frivolous and what can I push to like being a expansion? Do we want to go the expansion route or is that like a number two game? Right. So once again, that intent, it, it, it forms that timeline. And if you look at that and you honestly go, oh, it's going to be super crazy tight. You're not, and you're not allowing for life to happen, building to burn down, the market to change, right. some new like thing to come out for your engine, then you're, you're being irresponsible and you're just lying to yourself. And by you doing that, you're fucking the consumer. But yeah. that's, that's, yeah. once that's just me. So Call it in their sprints. Oh, okay, that's neat. How the how three four nightmares made a comment about how three four three studios uh, breaks down the work on the Halo series. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Working in sprints. Interesting. Hmm. Very interesting. interesting. Yeah. So the. So. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah but, 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 out of there. Yeah, no, no, I get it, man. I get it. I get it. I get it. So the, like I said, with the intent, yeah, don't get into both twitter But you look at delays and everything. How many times have we seen games get delayed though? Like, so I, mm-hmm. can't, I mean, maybe it is really dependent upon the publisher you've signed with. I, I don't know. Look at Crackdown Three. Will this game ever freaking come <laughs> out? Please, for the love right. of God, I want this game right. so bad in my life. Please release the game. They've had but are three you for, different are, are now. Are you more forgiving for a delay, or for having a crap product that they fix later? I'm a hundred percent more forgiving for a delay, and I think most people are in that in that camp with me, because you know they're trying to iron it out and make it the best thing possible when it goes to launch. I'm okay with delays, but don't try to hit a deadline from your game publisher and put out something mediocre or subpar or not what you promised on your announcements and your YouTube trailers and whatever else. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I I really generally want to enjoy a game, play it fully knowing that it is being everything that the developer has promised they are delivering on. That makes me super happy, right? As a gamer. I do understand also sometimes you can't get everything that you want at initial launch, they you sometimes have to pick and choose, mm-hmm. and it goes back to communication. Communicate those things. Don't show up at launch and be like, "Hey guys, thanks for all pre-orders and buying this game," and then be like, "Oh, that one thing we said was going to be in there." <laughs> it's coming. It it's coming. <laughs> and you can do some verbal kung fu with it because depending on how smart they were with their announcements they could be like well yeah we said these things were coming we didn't say at launch they went yeah so can't really be mad about that if they're careful yeah yeah if they're careful with the words but it's just, it still pisses me off though <laughs> <laughs> be like oh you yeah, got me you got, you got me. me yeah yeah exactly um <laughs> Yeah, three member fire teams. Fellow game was late. He's all for it, so that's a polished game. Exactly. Phil Spencer, you know, has made claims about that that he wants it to be a polished, well done game. You know, Crackdown three, and I'm fine waiting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, patience. My patience is getting tried. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, 
if it really is that far off, then don't start announcing it four years before you're actually going to release it. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm scared about with Anthem, to be honest, because yeah. we've already hit one, de- one delay, and that was before a date was even set. Yeah. It's going to be delayed. Oh, cool. Well, right on, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I guess the other question is, how soon from the launch date of a game do you think DLC needs to wait on? We have 18 quintillion planets to explore clock in the man's sky. Yeah. Good. Oh. Um, but how, yeah, how soon from a game's release date or launch date till DLC should be released for it? Like, do you think there is a, a minimum window that should be met before a DLC launches for a game? Or do you think, Hey, game launched two weeks later, drop DLC for it. I, I don't know. I think if it's too quick like that, that it kind of feels like a bitch slap, but why didn't you just put it in the game originally? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if, if, it, if it's that quick of a trigger pull, it's kind of like, well, what are we, what are we doing? But until I guess I, I went through the core concept of it, um, I wouldn't really understand how the, how that tied into it. So I don't, I would almost say that that would be on a case by case kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Well, I, case in point, new game dropped. The Spider-Man game dropped this week for PS4. Mm-hmm. Next month, there's DLC for it. I mean, is that what is is that too soon? Is that not too soon? I mean. I, a I, month, like to me, a month, month and a half. Maybe you should have included it. It seems like yeah, it was already that's a little close. Because I can tell you right now, like you, you already had that content developed. You're not making that up in a month and a half. Like it's yeah, already been developed. Not, yeah. Right. At that point, maybe push the date out a little further for the launch. Delay it like another two, three weeks or a month include that with it but yeah I don't know I'm not trying to crap on Spider-Man because what I've seen of it looks beautiful it looks like a beautiful game it, it makes me jealous amazing. again that I want a PS4 yep. but I've yeah. got my spot for it already yeah it's ready for it yeah so I'm thinking I'm thinking tax return time say that one more time I think tax return time it's gonna happen yeah but man Switch is doing so good man like to have something I know <laughs> Warframe on a Switch bro How's it look? Looks good. Is it actually hitting oh, 60 frames per second, or are they doing 30, or it's what? It's probably 30. I can't remember what they hit, but I'm pretty sure it's 30. Similar to how Doom is on the Switch. I think it's at 30. Yeah. But still plays mm-hmm. great. I'm just like, ah, yeah. oh, man, Warframe on the Switch. I got to play I gotta play Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. I, the I portability is really appealing to me on that anymore, man. Like, uh-huh. uh, we're kind of getting off topic here, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> getting off topic. Anyway. Back to DLC. Yeah, yeah. Time window. Yeah, Spider-Man yep. announced that the first DLC drop for it will be mid to late October. So for a game that just came out this week, month, month and a half, four to six weeks. I don't. Did they release why? Like, is, was there a solid reason? Because I, I don't know. Here, here's my thought on. It. If I'm going to release a title in September mm-hmm. um, and I have a DLC that's ready to go and I shoot for mid-October, late October, I should actually just wait until you start hitting like the Black Friday kind of timeline and get in get in that window. People Remind people of my relevance as far as having the title out initially. So maybe I can actually get them to double down by the title and by the DLC right in time for Christmas. I think that that's just kind of lazy marketing, but I don't I, I don't know what yeah. their intent would be. So this is um, let me just read this real quick uh, quote my source here. This is on Polygon Michael McWertor. if I butchered that, I apologize Michael like you're ever gonna watch this. <laughs> um, but Spider-Man's first DLC launches in October with new character missions and suits. So there's missions. Do those missions continue the story? But let me see. Three add-ons will expand Marvel's Spider-Man until the end of 2018. 
Uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm just paraphrasing here. Spider-Man's episodic DLC, The City That Never Sleeps, will be released in three parts. So the DLC will be divided into three parts. The first chapter, The Heist, will be released on October 23rd. It will introduce players to Thief and occasional Spider-Man love interest Felicia Hardy, also known as Black Cat. The Heist will add new missions and challenges, a new enemy faction, and three additional Spidey suits. Uh, Insomniac, the developer said. Um, then it will be followed by Turf Wars in November and Silver Lining in December. So they're doing DLC drops each month for the next three months after launch. Um, so, okay. so here's the thing. Um, it's not free. So Marvel Spider-Man, The City That Never Sleeps, costs $24.99. PS4 owners can purchase individual chapters for $9.99 each. The DLC is also included in the game's $80 Digital Deluxe Edition. So if I flip for 80 bucks, I'd have all episodes? Yeah, you'd get all the DLC included through the end of the year. Each one of those three drops. I don't know. I don't... I don't... That's not that's not outrageous to me. No, I think that's reasonable. Absolutely, that, that's a reasonable that, price. That's reasonable. Um, and I don't know. It sounds like they're blanketing. It sounds like what their strategy is is to try to blanket the entire last quarter, uh, going into the holiday season. Yeah. So which that that it might not make sense having only a month between, but it, it if you're looking at it quarter wise. I, I think that they end up turning a pretty good profit by the end of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't know, man. So, yes. Um, just thought that was interesting. I yeah. came across that and was like, <coughs> a month? I didn't know the other two drops were coming in consecutive months until I just read that. So that that's interesting. But I think $80 for core game plus the DLC that they divided up into three parts. 20 extra bucks for that? I don't think that's that bad. Yeah, it's not bad. That bad. It's not so bad. I think that's reasonable. If they want to say, oh, here's our $100 deluxe edition, gets you through till January. So really, I can play this game for three months. <laughs> like mm-hmm. The DLC is good. The DLC I'm going to get is good for three months, essentially, until the next DLC yeah. comes out that I may want to play. But um, yeah, so good, good stuff, man. Um, totally doing a horrible segue here. Horrible, horrible segue. That's going to wrap it up for our DLC topic and reviews <laughs> uh, kind of stuff. The Polymega was announced. Oh, got it. Yes. So for those that don't know, there is this new console. That's, I guess you call it a retro console, which retro gaming is making a huge comeback. I've always liked retro games. Always grew up on uh, the Nintendo, SNES, all that stuff. There is this console that's coming out called the Polymega that will play uh, PlayStation 1, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, 32X, Neo Geo, TurboGrafx-16, on and on. The actual cartridges, like the actual games, the physical media, you can... But in there, and it looks like there's a way to rip the media to an internal hard drive of some sort mm-hmm. to play. Which goes back to the ROM thing. Yep. <laughs> it all comes full circle, man. Full circle. Oh, <laughs> yep. So this thing is a modular game console. Apparently, there's the core unit, and mm-hmm. then you can buy these interchangeable, like, little docks that'll that you plug in that allow you to play cartridge of an SNES. You take it off, oh here you plug another one in cartridge of SNES. Now granted there's a cost associated with each one of these modules. But essentially you could play anything you ever wanted in theory on physical media from the retro consoles. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. I'm so about that life. I'm so about that life too. <laughs> Too many games, too many, too little time, too little money. Mm-hmm. The bundle that gives you like the core unit, two controllers, and like all the modules for everything, it's like $459. That price point seems a little steep for me. But 
<laughs> but it's like all the systems. But it's everything. It's like right. I was like, if I if I went so look at it this way. This this is how I was trying to rationalize into my brain. Nintendo's been releasing like their revamped retro cla- their SNES classic, their NES classic. I'm throwing up air quotes, right? I don't know why I do that. Mm-hmm. Something I do. Has been releasing some one of these little like retro throwback classic consoles every year, every two years that are sixty to seventy dollars. So if you mm-hmm. went out and bought the Nintendo one, the Super Nintendo one, you're already at $120, $130 right there. Mm-hmm. If you went out to try to find a PS1, a TurboGrafx 16, a Sega Genesis, a Sega 32X, a Neo Geo, TurboGrafx, did I already say TurboGrafx 16? I can't remember. It plays everything. Yeah. Sega CD. Try to go out and play all, get all those. Yeah, you're probably going to come out over the $459 and mm-hmm. then try to get the controllers. Here's the thing. It's a universal controller setup, which is great. Yep. And they're wireless. They're wireless universal controllers. So mm-hmm. it's a tough call, man. Tough call. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to hope that all the electronics all the still work. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm about it, man. Yeah. So if it's anybody, uh, audio listeners, you can go to, I believe it was polymega.com. Let me check here. I believe that was it. Let me pull this up. Nightmare, do you know anything about this? I think you posted it in the Discord, right? I think I did. What is happening? You heard about it earlier. Okay, cool. Yeah, polymega.com. And they have, like, the trailer on YouTube for it. So, uh, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. So... Check that out if you're interested. It's a nice, it's a slick looking console. The design, like, yeah, it is cool. I thought it was gonna be like this huge, like monstrosity of stuff. But I'm just like, nah, it's it's slick. However, they engineered it, man. It's like it's the IKEA yeah, of it, retro consoles. It's, it reminded me of the GameCube. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure the size of the footprint on it. I haven't looked that up, but yeah, kind of kind of remind you of that it had a nice like uh, kind of like a cube. Nice yep. slick, slick gloss black finish on it. The controllers look good. And then the top quarter just kind of seemed like, well, top, top half, top three quarters kind of, yeah. yeah, popped off. And then you could put on the other, yep, the, the other, other module. Uh, yep. Uh, it, so. was, it was nifty. It was smart. Yeah. I can't wait to see how hard they get hit with the lawsuit. So I got to get mine quick. <laughs> uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So uh, someone posted a meme. Gotta love the internet, man. Memes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, we, again, everything's coming back full circle to the ROM talk from last week. Someone posted a, lo- a Sega logo and a Nintendo logo. Another Sega logo, it said something like, Oh, you were a fan of our work and you developed this on your own time? This, you know, inspired Sonic game, for example, mm-hmm. on your own time? Hey, come work for us. Mm-hmm. Nintendo, you did this on your own time and you're a big fan of the game? Shut you down. We're going to see you <laughs> yep. into the ground, basically. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's no that's joke. kind of perspective, man. But, um, yeah, anyway, that's funny. But, yeah, Polymega, check that out. DLC stuff, hey, if you have any um, questions or comments, you can email us at freshtakesgaming at gmail.com. If, let us know if you even agreed, disagreed, or you hate everything we talked about. Let us know. We love feedback. But... Yes, uh, any questions in chat? Nightmare, thank you for hanging out with us, chatting us up. Um, I don't see any questions from Nightmare right at the moment. Let me refresh the inbox. There may not be. Nothing in there. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Fresh Takes Pod, at Fresh Takes Pod. And I think that will do it for us for this evening thank you all for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe to us on google Podcasts, spotify pocket casts anchor.fm i can't remember any of the other ones just search for fresh mixer. takes gaming <laughs> and hit us with the follow on mixer <laughs> but we will see you all next time y'all take care of yourselves and each other bye, bye. Thank <laughs> you.